we're going to get into the word just a little bit. And uh, I want to just give you an encouragement because we're going we're gonna to pray for needs to be met tonight. Amen. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because some people would lie and not raise their hand. But all of us came in here with needs tonight. Amen. And so God wants to meet them. You know, sometimes we come together and we worship and we hear the word and that's normal format for church. But sometimes we've got to be willing to let the Holy Spirit just disrupt what's going on. Amen. Look, there's a lot of people that don't want the Holy Spirit. Oh, no, no, no. no. I like format. I like structure. I like to keep God in a box. And if he gets out of the box, I get nervous. No, it's time to let God out of the box. Amen. So I want to talk to you about prayer, praise, and healing and why we do services like this from time to time. You know, we were kind of just discussing with staff, you know, timing of events and things that are going on. And I almost didn't do this tonight, but I felt the Holy Spirit tug on my heart that we need to pray for each other. Amen. And that there are needs in the body that go unmet and need to be met. So we've been talking about the miracles of Jesus for almost 22 weeks on Sunday. Amen. You should be miracle-expecting, veteran, Bible-believing people, amen? If after 22 Holy Ghost sermons, you still like, I'm not sure about miracles, we need to let the ushers take you out back and minister to you. Because at this point, I mean, when we see all of what Jesus has done, if we don't believe, it's like that song, he, you know, too good to not believe. He's done too much. We've been talking about miracles for all of these Sundays, and you know, the natural byproduct of those sermons should be an increase in our faith, amen? They're not just to mark time. They're not just to cover scripture, but they're to increase our faith. Our faith in what? That Jesus is our healer and nothing is impossible for him, amen? Come on, say amen. I'm, I'm warming you up tonight. I'm, I want to stir up your faith tonight, amen? Because, you know, sometimes we need to stir up our faith. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift of God that's in you through the laying on of my hands. Amen. David said, why so downcast, O my soul? Sometimes you need to stir yourself up, and sometimes you need to talk to yourself. Any people talk to themselves out there? You're not crazy. You're supposed to talk to yourself. One man said, I talk to myself a lot because sometimes I need expert advice. We talk to ourselves because we're working things out in our soul with Jesus, amen? But, you know, these messages should increase our faith, and they should cause us to believe that Jesus uh, is our healer, and nothing is impossible for him, all the things we've covered. Now, the majority of the miracles we've covered is Jesus healing sick bodies. That's the majority of the miracles. In the New Testament, there are 37 recorded miracles in the Gospels, and 22 out of the 37 are Jesus healing sick bodies, now, that's a legitimate thing, amen? When Jesus spends the bulk of his healing ministry healing sick people, it's legitimate to expect Jesus to heal sick bodies. Now, it, and it's natural that we would think that healing means healing sick bodies. But that's not all that healing is. Look, there are plenty of people with healthy bodies, with good blood work, with six-pack abs. I don't, I've seen pictures, I've read stories, but, you know, you know what I'm saying? They're in the gym all the time. They look good. They look like a, a, a statue somebody sculpted. But inside, their emotions are destroyed. Their spirit is dormant. Their mind is twisted. Come on, preach back at me a little bit tonight, amen? So, you know, this thing about healing sick bodies and making them whole, it's legitimate. 
But the greatest miracles are not the miracles of healing sick bodies. The greatest miracles involve healing sick souls. Now, I believe this with every fiber of my being. I believe in healing. I believe healing is for the modern church. I believe God still heals. I believe that everything must bow the knee to the name of Jesus. Cancer must bow. Diabetes must bow. High blood pressure must bow. It must. I believe this. Amen. But look, and I get excited about healed bodies, but I get more excited about when Jesus heals sick souls, amen. When he takes someone who's lost and he pulls them out of the mud and he turns them out of the darkness into the light and he makes them a child of God. When he writes their name down in the Lamb's Book of Life, when the devil thought he had them, but God came through and plucked them out. Come on tonight. I know it's only Wednesday. I don't even know how to preach like it's Sunday. So, you know, help yourself out there. But those are the greatest miracles. I believe that. I'm not being rhetorical here. When, when people get saved, man, I'm telling you what, that is it. And, you know, we, we, we can't just think healing is healing sick bodies. When a person is saved from sin and translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, when they become a child of God, that is the greatest miracle. You say, why, Pastor? I'll tell you why. Because it lasts for eternity. These bodies don't last for eternity. What Jesus did in my heart when he saved me from my sin and settled my eternity is a greater miracle than anything he does in healing the sick parts of this body that's passing away. Now, understand something. These are eternal miracles that we're looking for. Uh, eternity is better than, uh, eternal is better than temporary, amen? Luke 15, 8 through 10. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who comes to repentance. You see, bodies getting healed, great. Uh, you know, sick parts and broken parts being restored, beautiful. But you know what? When someone gets saved, heaven goes off the hook. The angels begin to shout and sing and rejoice. Come on. Come on. We give altar calls on Sunday and people raise their hands. Heaven is going. Heaven is partying. Some of you need to learn how to party like a little bit. You look a little too serious tonight. Amen. Rejoice. You belong to the king. You're a child of the king. Rejoice tonight. Amen. But, you know, there is joy in the presence of the angels. So, you know, when these miracles happen that are eternal, all of heaven rejoices. You know, perhaps one of the greatest miracles Jesus did in the eyes of men was when he raised Lazarus from the dead. I preached through that whole thing. We enjoyed every bit of it. But, you know, it, it rocked that region when he raised Lazarus from the dead because everybody knew Laz. Everybody knew he was dead. Everybody knew he was in the tomb for a while. And guess what? Jesus resurrected him. Now, that's a great miracle. Can we all agree? But I want to tell you something uh, that might just, you know, burst your bubble a little bit. Lazarus then, at some point, again, died. We've been born again. He's dead again. You know, Lazarus, he... Go ahead. You can enjoy that a little bit. But 
Lazarus was healed and resurrected and came back to life, but at some point he died again. And that just shows that healing in the physical man is temporal at best. But there was an eternal part of him that went to be with God that will last forever. So I want you to, I want, I want you to understand this. You know, we, we know that healing is for sick bodies, but it's more than that. It's bigger than that. It, it lasts forever. It's an eternal miracle. Now, John 10.10 10 says this. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Who's the thief? Devil, enemy, Satan. That's all right. All, D, all of the above. You, I have come, talking about Jesus, that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So I want, I want you to understand, all, all these things that the enemy tries to steal from us, he's not going to succeed. Uh, he's not going to be able to get away with it. Why? Because there's an eternal part of us that there's something in us that's eternal that he can't steal away. But Jesus didn't come to take from us. He came to give us something. And what he came to give us was abundant life. In fact, I want you to say it with me tonight. Abundant life. It rolls off the tongue nicely, doesn't it? He didn't come to just give us enough to squeak by. He didn't give us enough just to keep us, you know, um, from being miserable. No, he came to give us abundant life. And part of having the abundant life means that, yes, our bodies are healed so that we can do the will of God. God wants us to have a good quality of life so we could do his will. Amen. Okay, so part of the abundant life is our bodies are healed. And thank God, Isaiah 53, read it. It talks about Jesus and how he purchased our healing uh, with, the, with the whipping that he took, the scourging that he took. Understand that, yes, abundant life means having a healthy body that is useful enough to do the will of God. Amen? But he's also come to give us abundant life in the sense that he heals our relationships. It's hard to have abundant life when your relationships are all a mess. It's hard to have abundant life when your marriage is a mess. It's hard to have abundant life when your children are a mess. Come on. Relationships are important. And Jesus died to give us the full package of healing. Amen. He's got a comprehensive health care plan for us. Amen. And part of it is healing our relationships. He also came to heal our emotions. You know, we're all saved. We love Jesus. We're on our way to heaven. But some days we are emotionally frazzled. Can anyone say amen? Overwhelmed, anxious. You know, just our emotions are all over the place. And, and Jesus came to heal our emotions. He also came to heal our minds. You know, I love that song that we sing. I've, you know, I've seen mental health restored. What a beautiful line to put in a song, amen? God bless that songwriter who had the guts to stick that in there. But that's part of what Jesus came to give us in our health care package. And it's part of what Jesus gives us in healing us. He wants to heal our minds. Now, if you're looking at me and you think, my mind is fine, you're the one I'm talking to tonight. We think wrong thoughts. We believe wrong theology. We have wrong attitudes. When I say we, I'm including me. I'm not speaking French. We have all of these things going on in our minds. Our minds need to be restored. Our minds need to be conformed to the mind of Christ, amen? And that's part of what Jesus came to heal. He also came to heal our hearts. You know, there are a lot of Christians that are walking around in defeat and disappointment, and they've got broken hearts. I talked to someone today who, who needed to come in, been through a, a, an incredible tragedy, said, I need to come in for grief counseling. 
When I was a pastor, I'll tell you, one of the toughest areas to deal with is a person who's coming into your office with a broken heart. I lost my spouse. I lost my child. I lost, I lost. There's a loss that causes this, this, the heart to shatter. And the pastor, I, I need grief counseling. Wow. You say, what, what can we do for another? We can encourage one another. We can pray for one another. We can speak the word over each other. But listen, only God can heal a broken heart. Only God can heal your broken heart tonight. So if you came here completely healthy tonight and you think, Pastor, I can go home now because I, I don't need any healing in my body, I want to encourage you tonight. He still wants to heal your relationships. He wants to heal your emotions. He wants to heal your mind, and he wants to heal your heart. He has a total healing package for whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord. 